um, Tom just reminded me, as um, just to give a little of what we're going to do today, um, in Ephesians 4.11, I'm going to talk while they're doing the offering, if you guys don't mind, that way we can uh, keep things moving. But Ephesians 4.11, if you're a guest with us today, I, I, Ephesians 4.11 says that it was he who gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip God's people for the work of the ministry. And so Denny is a prophet. He's a prophet that comes from Pennsylvania, and he has been to our church many, 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 many times. And today he's going to prophesy over many of you, many of you. and he's going to declare the word of the Lord over you, and it is going to equip you for the work of the ministry. <laughs> it's going to prepare you. There's going to be a work that is done inside of your heart as he ministers to you. Now, one thing I want to encourage you is to have a recording device with you. If you have your phone, have it ready so that you can record it. We're going to also have it on podcast. That way, if you don't get it, but it's really important for you to take the word of the Lord and take it home with you, meditate on it, ask the Lord to bring it up and reveal. Now, here's what I want to encourage you guys today. Denny, I have known Denny for I don't know how many years now. It's probably been 14. Oh, yeah. At least. Oh, yeah. And I've only been prophesied over one time by Denny. And it was the last time he was here, and it was a powerful one. And it compelled our church forward. Can I have an amen on that? And one of the words that he spoke over me was, change your leadership style. You've been honorable in what you've done, but change your leadership style and become more confrontational in order to help people clean their lives up. Has Eric become more confrontational? Absolutely. And it's helped us and compelled us into the destiny. So yeah. he equipped me yeah. for the work of the ministry. Do you yeah. see that? Yeah. And so that's what the prophet does, is he comes to equip and to edify and to build up and exhort. And so many of you are going to get ministered to. Now, here's the deal. Not all of you are going to get ministered to. It's impossible. Impossible. It's impossible. And here's what I want to encourage you. Don't go have a pity party. I didn't get yeah. prophesied over. Yeah. Okay? Okay. Yeah. 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 But stay engaged, stay praying, stay praying in the Spirit so that others get edified and built up. God knows who and when and what. Can I have an amen on that? And God is a lot smarter than me. Amen. Let's let God do his job. We'll be, do our part. We'll stay humble. And we'll, we'll, we'll prefer our brother yeah. over ourselves. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the other ways that we're trying to in, prefer our brothers over ourselves is this. There are people working children's ministry right now. And so one of the plans that we have today to, to, to steward this was, if you get prophesied and ministered to by Denny, and you are already working in children's ministry on a rotational basis, we ask that you, once you get prophesied, if you'll go back and relieve a children's ministry worker and let them come in here. For example, Sean is back in Camp Grizzly. Tina and Dwayne, those guys are part of the teaching staff of Camp Grizzly. If you guys get prophesied over, what you'll do is you'll go back there and relieve them so that, that Sean can come out and get ministry mm -hmm. if the Lord so chooses, right? Mm -hmm. God may not prophesy over Sean. You never mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, right? Yeah. But that's how God works in his way, in his time, and what he wants to do. Amen? And so I'm just kind of setting some ground for us to receive from the Lord. Amen? But I love this man, Denny Kramer. Does anybody else love this man? Amen. And he's come to serve us. And he's come in humility, and he, he really blesses my heart. And I just want 
to just let's re- just receive him with a warm welcome. Let me introduce to you my friend and great minister of the gospel, Dennis Kramer. Everybody welcome him. Amen. What time do I need to shut it down? 12.15, Okay. Good, good. Good morning. Good looking bunch. Amen. Uh, met a couple of you out in the parking lot. The guys were walking in with their, their sandals on and their shorts and... And I said, man, I'm looking for the day when I can come to church uh, and speak and have my sneaks on and, uh, and uh, thank you, uh, and my shorts. But until that time, amen, uh, I'm thankful that I've been delivered from suits and ties. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, well, well, we have a lot to do. Uh, I already have a list of things that I need to do, so it's time uh, to do uh, them. Uh, you know, typically our services consist of, you know, worship and the word and taking care of church business, and that's all fine and good. But uh, when you have a special speaker, sometimes he does things a little differently. So, uh, with that in mind, I'd like to do things a little differently this morning. We're going to have a prophetic service, uh, which means I'm going to prophesy over you. I'm going to operate in a number of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of. Uh, the Holy Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians 12 because if you're a prophet, it's not because you have a rough edge about you or you have an arrogant personality or you're inaccessible or weird. (laughs) Come on. Sometimes when we get a weird Christian, we can't figure out what else to call them. Come on. So we call them prophetic. Let's be honest. Right. None of that, none of that is what uh, characterizes a prophet. A prophet is one that hears from God and speaks for God, and he has character and integrity and honesty, and he has fruit, but he has an arsenal as well of gifts of the Spirit from 1 Corinthians 12 that qualify him to be one. And those gifts are not necessarily in the order of their importance. The gift of prophecy. If you're a prophet, you ought to prophesy. Come on. I know a bunch of folks that tell me they're prophets and they don't prophesy. I don't get that. If you're a mechanic, you work on cars. Right? If you're a dentist, you work on teeth. Get what I'm saying? If you're a prophet, you prophesy. So... A prophet prophesies. He has that high level of gifting called prophecy operating regularly, regularly in his or her uh, life at a high level. Also, the word of knowledge, a revelatory gift that allows the prophet to look into your past or present. The word of knowledge, not all knowledge, but a word, a fragment of revelatory knowledge about your past or present. Second gift. Third gift, the gift of the word of wisdom. It's like the gift of the word of knowledge, but it addresses the future. A revelatory word into your future. Wow. The word of wisdom, not all wisdom, not everything about your future, but a fragmentary word of wisdom, a look ahead into your future. So prophets will have the gift of prophecy, the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of wisdom, 
They can speak in tongues and interpret, but the gift of prophecy is more efficient and more effective in that I can give him the word of the Lord through the gift of prophecy, one gift, versus two gifts, the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. It still equals the same thing. So in the name of efficiency, I tend to use the gift of prophecy. Sometimes I have to speak in tongues and interpret. Why? I don't know. That's how the message comes through me. But also, the discerning of spirits, another revelatory gift. It is not necessarily the discerning of demons. It is the discerning of spirits. It can involve the discerning or the distinguishing of the demonic in your life. But it can also entail the activity of angels. You know, ministering what? Spirits. And it can also involve the human spirit. There are many times when I will look at you and I can see your human spirit. So I will discern it or distinguish it or help you to understand what's in there. Sometimes good stuff, sometimes not so good stuff. But a prophet will discern or distinguish spirits, the demonic, the angelic, and the human. But a prophet also needs to have a power dimension to his or her ministry. If you read about it in the Old Testament, it was the prophets that carried the power of God. And so even in the New Testament, a prophet does need to operate in a power gift. And typically that leaves only three left, a gift of faith or the working of miracles or the gifts of healings. And so there is also a power dimension to the New Testament prophets. And so we want these gifts Uh, to be in full demonstration today. Uh, By the way, the gifts of the Spirit are alive and well in the church today. They are not of the devil. Amen. The reason I know that is I never did any of them when I was unsaved. Amen. And I did everything else that was of the devil. So if they were of the devil, I would have done them before I became a Christian. And so this morning, these gifts as your pastor said, are for the purpose, listen, of helping you to find out what God wants you to do. Wait a minute. I thought the end of all of these things was for me to take 40 years to get over my past. No. I thought these gifts were all about me and getting my needs met. Oh, no. We need to get beyond that. I said, we need to get beyond that. Let me shock all of you. The church does not exist for you. What are you talking about? The the church does not exist for you. You exist for the church. That puts a different spin on things, doesn't it? So what we're going to do is get you healed, get you restored, get you rejuvenated, get you up, get you going, get you filled so that you have an excess, you have an overflow, you have an abundance. Amen? Amen. Because all ministry is the result of an overflow. So if you spend your whole spiritual career trying to get healed and hold and delivered and resolved and all your problems go away, you'll never have an excess. You'll never have an abundance. You'll never have an overflow because all ministry is the result of that overflow. So I'm going to help you today to find out what God wants you to do. Right? We're going to get your needs met. Let's take about a week or two to get that done. Then let's get you up. And get you going so that you can produce something for the Lord. 
Isn't that awesome? That's what we're supposed to be about, a low-maintenance, high-output people. And we've got it flipped around. We're low-maintenance, but, I mean, we're, we're low-output, and we're high-maintenance. That's not the church I read about in the Scriptures. So, every one of you has a call. Number one. Number two, every one of you have gifts within that call. In fact, if you can analyze your gifts, it will help you to determine your call. Gifts point to call. Come on. And every one of you has a power dimension that you need to tap into. And every one of you needs to begin to exercise the authority that a believer has to have. Amen. This morning we took authority over cancer in a kidney. That really upset me. I was upset with that. Amen. Excuse me, cancer upsets me. So we took authority. Why? Because we've been given it by Jesus. He said, all authority is given unto me. Therefore, you go into the world and preach the gospel. So we've been authorized to use his name, and Pastor Eric did just that. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Now, I want you to tell you uh, how exciting it is that I am here, and it's kind of an interesting story how I'm here. And i got to tell you this, and I'm going to prophesy. Uh, about a year ago, whether I'm getting all the facts exactly straight doesn't matter, but you know, months and months and months ago, uh, Eric uh, got me on the phone, and we agreed that we would do a Sunday morning meeting here. And uh, I said to him, um, I, I would be willing to come and just do a single meeting, although I have a two-meeting minimum, but I'll come and do a single meeting because a church in Elkhart has scheduled me for three meetings. So our original plan was, since there were three meetings to be uh, done in Elkhart, I would be able to scoot down to Newcastle and do a single meeting. I drove from Pennsylvania. It's like a 10-hour drive. So to drive out for one meeting, you know, just wasn't going to work. So Eric said, I really would like to do just a meeting. Can we work on something? So I said, yeah, the Elkhart uh, Church will bring me in. There's three meetings there, and, and, I'll, and I'll do Newcastle. So it's worth, you know, the time and the effort to come out and do four meetings. Okay, great. That was months and months and months and months and months ago. So... Just the other day, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, glory to God, I get a phone call from the church in Elkhart. Who said, uh-oh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Prophet Kramer, how are you? Great. So good to hear your voice. I said, here it comes. Yeah, good to hear your voice, too. He said, well, we've, we've been making some changes here in Elkhart, and they're precious people. They're Kenyans, actually, a church of Kenyans. And uh, I was there last August, so they scheduled these meetings a year ago. So just recently, just before I was to come out to Indiana, he calls me on the phone, Pastor Paul, and he says, we've moved our building and we've purchased a building, I think he said, and apparently not everybody went with him uh, as he planted this new building, uh, a new church, and he said, um, yeah, we're, we're up to four families now. And I said, well, here it comes. And he said, because of that, uh, we're going to have to cancel the weekend. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> because everything was piggybacked, which meant I was now committed to come to Newcastle for one meeting. And he'll tell you that I was going to do that. I'm a man of my word. I said to my wife, I'm going to do this. You're going to drive 10 hours to Newcastle, Indiana, and have a single meeting? Yeah, yeah. And I was ready to do it. Amen. So you got to hear the good side of the story. That's the bad side. So I get canceled, and I hang up the phone. And then the phone rings again. I'm getting to the good part. I pick it up. Hi, this is so-and-so from Oklahoma, good friend of mine. Uh, we're having some financial problems, so we have to cancel the weekend of meetings. I've been going there for 20 years. Now, I just got off the phone to Indiana. They canceled. Hung up the phone, picked it up within the day. Oh, oh hey, hey, just, yeah, oh. Oh, hallelujah. Canceled. No, no, there's no uh, uh, hope of rescheduling the cancellation in Elkhart. You can't, first of all, I don't call up churches. They call me, I don't call them. I, I don't have any way of filling a cancellation that comes at the last minute. Do you understand that? I mean, churches need months to plan, so that's gone. So now I'm looking at coming to Newcastle for one meeting, 20 hours of driving for one meeting. Oh, it goes from bad to worse. So the Oklahoma church calls me. We've been going through some stuff. Attendance is way down. We don't have any money. we got to cancel it. Oh, praise the Lord. Now, I'm very gracious. On the phone, you wouldn't think it bothered me at all. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. No problem. Amen. Glory to God. All that stuff that we, that we say. And then when I hung up the phone, I said, glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So then I picked up the phone again. And it was a church in Pittsburgh. Hey, some things have happened. There's somebody else coming who's nationally known. And he's got a big rally that weekend. And our attendance is down. And we don't have the finances. So we have to cancel that weekend. Wow. Oh, I'm not done. <laughs> then the phone rings again. At this time, I'm not looking forward to picking up that phone. You understand what I mean? It was a church in Texas. Same story. We've had some changes, and things have to be adjusted, so we're canceling the school. Oh. More times. Four cancellations, and I mean boom, 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 boom. But i got to let you know that I really do believe in a sovereign God, <laughs> and he really is in charge. So I'm facing this, and I thought, man, I know a church in Lafayette, where I was in January, and I don't do this, but I think, and I waited days, I think I'm supposed to call this pastor. you got to understand, I don't do this. I don't call churches for meetings. I never have. I supernaturally said, God, I'll do this. I said it 40 plus years ago. I'll do it if number one, you anoint me to do it. And number two, if you'll pay my bills, I'll do it. And so God has done it. They found me. Doors open for me. I don't make them open. I don't call. But I feel that I'm supposed to call this pastor in Lafayette, because I'm coming to Indiana, 
I'll come out for one meeting, but boy. So anyway, I call this pastor. She's a sweetheart. And uh, I call the number, and she picks up the phone, and she says, Prophet Kramer, I can't believe it's you. I said, well, it is. <laughs> and she said, you, you won't believe what has happened. She said, I was just in the bathroom brushing my teeth. And I'm brushing my teeth, and I think to myself, what's going on, Lord? I've been trying to schedule meetings. And she gave me the names of the people that she called to schedule them to speak. And I won't give you their names, but you would know them. I called this ministry, and they said, oh, yeah, we'll get back with you. And they never did. So she wasn't able to bring that ministry in. So she had an event planned. She called another ministry. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get back with you. And they never did. Another ministry actually went on the Internet and said all of his meetings had been canceled for this particular time. So this pastor in Lafayette said, surely he's the third guy that I tried to bring in. He'll call me because he admitted that everything happened, that he doesn't have any meetings. He'll call. She was 0 for 3. She could not buy, she couldn't get a speaker to come and do this event. So she's brushing her teeth thinking, man, oh man, I tried to, you know, call Tom and Dick and Harry and man, oh man. And then she said to me on the phone, then I thought to myself, huh, Denny Kramer, huh, Denny Kramer. And she was done brushing her teeth and the phone rang. And it was Denny Kramer. She was stunned. She said, "You won't, we had not spoken since January. Uh, yeah, since January. So there was no contact. We had not spoken. So there I am on the phone, and I said, i got to be honest with you. Here's what has happened, and I'm just going to run it by you. If you have, she goes, absolutely, when can you be here? So it was a supernatural thing, we think, that God did uh, in Lafayette. We had a wonderful meeting yesterday. Uh, God spoke to a number of people, just rocked their world. Uh, and then I drove down in some terrible weather. I mean, I drove through some scary Indiana thunder and lightning rainstorms. Amen. Uh, but I got here in one piece. So I want you to know, that many times when God speaks to you, the opposite will happen. What I didn't tell you was, like a month ago, God spoke to me about me. And he said, these next three years will be your most powerful and your most productive. I went, yes. He should have said, don't answer the phone for the next couple weeks. But I want you to get this. Many times when God speaks, circumstances go in the other direction. God knew those churches were going to cancel. They had no money. God knew it before he even told me. These next three years will be your most powerful and productive. But it works for me like it works for you. Sometimes when God speaks, your life goes in the opposite direction. Why? Because sometimes the word of the Lord will test you until the word of the Lord comes to pass. Which means whatever God says today, hang on to it. Mix it with faith. 
war with it because you're going to need to war with it. I had to go to God and say, you told me these would be the most powerful and productive. Well, apparently, he failed to mention a few of the details to me about that prophetic promise, but I'm still believing that the meetings that I will have will be what? Powerful uh, and productive. So I want to share some insight about the prophetic, because sometimes when God speaks prophetically, you don't mean this, but you, you think prophecy is a magic wand. That's what you think. You think, well, I need Denny Kramer to abracadabra something over me, and I don't care what you call it, prophecy or whatever, and you think that prophecy's primary purpose is to make stuff go away. That's not true. It's to prepare you to go through the stuff. Not to make the stuff go away, but to prepare you to go through the stuff. So in spite of those cancellations, I'm standing my ground. You said powerful and productive. Amen. You see what I mean? Abraham and Sarah had to do it when God spoke to them. Gideon had to do it when God spoke to him. Remember this, at the time that God spoke to those Bible characters, what God said seemed impossible. Come on, I'm going to say that again. At the time God spoke what he spoke, those things seemed impossible, and in fact, they got a little more impossible as time went on. So again, God speaks to things that are not. That means they are not. God speaks to things that are not as if they were, and he's going to do that this morning. He's going to speak to some of you, and I get this all the time. Phone calls, letters, emails, I get them all the time. Prophet Kramer, at the time you spoke over my wife and I, we thought surely you were still using drugs. <laughs> at the time, Prophet Kramer, you spoke over us, we knew you had missed it. Now, we knew you were accurate, everybody else, but when you came to, we knew it was an inaccurate word. We knew at the time there was no way God could do it. But I'm writing you a year later to let you know that God did exactly what you said he uh, would do. And I get that uh, feedback all the time. And so here's why. God has already been to your future. In fact, he's the one that ordained it. Amen. Everything is set in place. All these cancellations were all part of a bigger plan. Amen. All our job is to do is to conform to that bigger plan and to be effective and productive for the glory of God. So I'm here today not to entertain the troops, but to equip the troops. Amen. We're going to talk about your calls. We're going to talk about your gifts. We're going to talk about stuff that's in the way of you doing what God has put you here to do. We're going to get rid of all that stuff. Amen? And you're going to notice a big, big change in your spiritual life. Isn't that awesome? By the way, this church is healthier than ever. You might not know it, but it is. 
That worship was good. You're as healthy as I've ever remembered you. You just look wonderful. You sound wonderful. You feel wonderful. And it's a real, real joy uh, to be ministering in an old bowling alley. Amen. That's what this was, right? This was an old bowling alley. Okay. All right. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Joel, uh, you go to school. Where's Joel? Hey, Joel. You go to college? Where do you go to school? Hope? Cool. How old are you? 20. 20. Wow. Come on up. I want to prophesy over you. And uh, Dad, come on up and stand next to your son. I want to prophesy over you. And uh, I'm sure glad that I made your pastor more confrontational. Amen. (laughs) I don't remember saying that, but I believe I did. Amen. Uh, And so uh, we want to uh, minister to these uh, uh, two men, uh, father and son, and then I'm going to pray for some more of you. Uh, But I want you to uh, hear something very important. Many, many years ago, God said, from now on when you pray, spoke to me, from now on when you pray over one person, a total of seven will hear from God. In other words, yeah. He said, from now on, when you pray for one, six more. A total of seven. When you pray for one, seven will hear from God. That's pretty cool. So my effectiveness is multiplied by seven. So if I pray for ten people, 70 will hear something that God will speak to their hearts about. Now that can get weird, you know. Well, Prophet Kramer saw a millionaire anointing on him, so I want that one too. So, you know, you can't do that. You're going to be sitting there, and it's the Holy Spirit that will say, ah, that was for you. And, you, and you'll, not, you'll not so much know it here. You'll feel it here. In your knower, you'll go, man, that was for me. So there'll be a, a, a multiplication times seven of every word this morning. So if I pray for 10, 70, 70 of you will hear something uh, from the Lord that will touch you. So uh, that's what I want you to do. And do what your pastor said. Don't get uh, selfish and uh, grow up and, and be excited for the ones that God does speak to. He mentioned something you never hear about. He said, prefer one another. Boy, you never hear that preached. You know, what about me? What about mine? Listen, you don't need 347 prophecies to do the will of God. You need a half a dozen good ones, and you need to work on them. Amen? So sometimes when you hear from God, you may wish you hadn't. No, that's the truth. That's the truth. And so God knows what he's doing. Everybody relax. He knows exactly who I'm supposed to go to. He knows exactly what I'm supposed to say. And I will give you all that I got. Uh, and then we'll see what else God is doing. Okay? Here we go. Close your eyes, man of God, and turn on your smartphone. Lebe, Abba, Beshemet, Kud, Amdere Manstbanja, Abeleste. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke. It is not personality, it is not youth. It is not education. It's not even your vision. It's not even the dream that I have put in you. Those things don't break yokes. But I am raising you up in your generation to be a world changer and to be a yoke destroyer. Therefore, I must give you the anointing to accomplish that, says God. I will order your steps. I am awakening the call of God upon you and the power level there is rising up 
to new levels, you will not be quiet, you will not be subtle, you will not be religious, you will not be diplomatic, you will be bold, you will be brazen, you will be outspoken, for the word of God will erupt from you, man of God. I'm going to promote you. I'm going to give you favor with powerful men. I'm going to give you favor with men in great authority. I'm going to cause them to look upon you and say, we want you on our team. And they're going to pay you a good annual salary to do it for a while. But in truth, you'll be my servant. You'll be my secret weapon. I'm going to take you into places where no prophetic man has ever gone before. I place upon you a prophetic mantle. I stir up a prophetic gift on the inside of you, you will prophesy to men in high places, men of power and influence here and abroad, an international call, an international influence. But again, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. So I awaken there. I awaken the anointing of God on the inside of you. It'll just happen. It'll just manifest. It'll just come to the forefront. This is not intellectual. This is uh, not philosophical. This is not educational. This is spiritual. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And I will use you, my son, to break many yokes in your generation. So get ready. I'm going to begin through a series of supernatural circumstances to put you where I want you. Huh, huh. Like, look, look where you put me. Look where you put me. God would say, you're the one who said, you said to me, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. Remember? And the Lord would say, I've taken you at your word. So I will order your steps. And I am doubling the guard or the angelic sentries that must be about you from one to two. I'm doubling, doubling, doubling the guard. Uh huh. I'm doubling the guard. Doubling the angelic guard. Not one, but two. Oh, ah, ooh. Angelic beings, oh, Shelley, will accompany you as you globe trot from here and there, from here and there. England will receive you as a man of God. Other countries will say, we need that prophetic guy. We need that visionary. We need that seer. Shalepa. You will see in the spirit realm. For the Lord would say, the anointing of a seer is being transferred upon you this day, says the Lord. Lebele. Lord says, son. Uh, you're coming into a season of acceleration. You've laid the plans. You've gone over the blueprints. Every detail. You, you've looked at every detail. And you said, Lord, now we need an infusion of your spirit. Now we need a wave. Now we need the power of God to come into this place. My son, uh, get ready for the move of God. Get ready for the wave of God. Get ready for the Holy Spirit to move and to breathe upon this place. For the Lord would say, the breath of God will awaken this people. Gifts of the Spirit, various gifts of the Spirit will arise in this house. And my son, you will be like uh, the gardener uh, that uh, patrols over the garden and pulling out the weeds and uh, picking up the stones. And I'm going to use you to have a clean people, a pure people, a people with zeal for the Lord's house. So get ready, son. 
I'm going to bless those things you've been praying about. You said, Lord, I need, a, I need the power of God. I, I'm not, we're not going to make it without the power of God. The power of God is on its way. The Lord would say, I'm going to change the atmosphere of this house. I'm going to change the atmosphere of this room. I'm going to change the atmosphere of your meetings. And there will be an expansion and there will be growth and development uh, in areas where you've longed uh, to see maturity in the house. And the Lord would say, son, I'm going to cause this church uh, to be theologically sound, more sound than it has ever been. For there are some folks in the community that are criticizing this church for not being grounded in the word. They couldn't be more wrong. So we're going to show them because God says this work, this work will be grounded in the word of God, a new emphasis on a working theology that will not be able to be argued with will come to the forefront in this house. Also, my son, dreams and visions uh, have been something that over the years you would have now and then, and they would be dependable and reliable. But there, a new unction, a new uh, 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 canopy there of dreams and visions are now coming upon you. You will dream of foresight, foreknowledge will be given to you through dreams of visions, visions, visions will let you see things behind the scenes. And my son, don't be naive that there are people that bring into the house of God spirits contrary to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to let you begin to discern them. You're going to say, oh God, I don't want to get negative and I don't want to get critical. No, but you need, you need to remember this word. He who is spiritual judges all things. And I'm going to let you begin to discern the spirits that want to come into this house. This will be a clean house. This will be a clear house. There will be no spirits contrary to the Spirit of God. There will be no New Age spirits. There will be no wizardry. There will be no necromancy. There will be no horoscopes. There will be no Ouija boards. This will be a clean house with a clear atmosphere where my people can worship me in spirit and in truth. And Karen, I know you're not here this morning, but nice try. The Lord would say, woman of God, the prophetic is about to explode in you. Stop licking your wounds over things in the past where you said, I'm not interested in getting out there anymore and risking anything. I don't care what you think. I want you to prophesy, woman of God, prophetess to the body of Christ, prophetess to this church, prophetess to this region, prophetess to this state, prophetess to this region. God says, my daughter, I am stirring the original call of God up within you. And you'll begin to prophesy words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits, good prophetic gift. To the body of Christ, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Go get them, guys. You're welcome. Amen. Now, I was told this morning that uh, we have a visiting pastor and spouse. And I said, if I could, I'd like to pray for them. Their names are Eric and Karen, just like Eric and Karen. So come on down, Eric, and come on down, Karen. The price is right. Somebody say awesome. Awesome. God is good. 
Hi, guys. Stand right here. Face me, if you would, please, with your shorts and sneakers. All right. That's my kind of church. Nice to meet you, Eric. And nice to meet you, Karen. God bless you. Got what? He got delivered from suits. Amen. Now, remember, when I prayed for the two men of God, seven of you, or six of you, heard, felt, sensed, you knew something was happening in you as I spoke over Joel. And then as I prophesied over Eric, some of you began to think and feel and sense things in you that I was saying over him. Isn't that awesome? you got to understand this. The Spirit of God is so amazing that I'm the one doing the prophesying and God ministers to me about the things I'm saying over God's people. Do you understand what I mean? You don't know it, but I'm prophesying over people, and before it comes out of my mouth, the Spirit of God says, you're about to prophesy over yourself. So you think I'm prophesying over her or him, and I am, but God does that with me. I can sometimes be one of the seven myself. I'll hear God say something to him, and I'll go, man, that impacted me, and I'm the one doing the ministry. So remember, multiply whatever happens this morning times seven. And then we're going to multiply the offering given to me by seven. Amen. Amen. I'm feeling that, Eric. Amen. Okay, here we go. Turn that smart device on and do absolutely nothing. My son, my daughter, you've done the will of God. You've said, Lord, we've been facing this wall for a long time. You've been used to facing a wall. But God would say, I want to bring that wall down. I have put you in this community, in this region, to grow and develop unity among the churches. But you've grown frustrated because you had no success. And that's because you wanted to be unified. They didn't. So don't waste your time any longer trying to bring the churches together. Only I can do that. Only a move of God can do that. Don't waste your time anymore trying to bring together the pastors and their spouses, says the Lord. Number two, the book of Revelation warns you, my son and daughter, about tolerating Jezebel. The Lord would say, you two have been tolerant. You tried to be loving and caring and pastoral. You can't love and care and pastor Jezebel. I'm not talking about a woman. I'm talking about a spirit. The Lord would say in the book of Revelation, do not tolerate in fact, be warned, the Spirit of God warned John uh, to the church, you have tolerated uh, that woman Jezebel. Do not tolerate the Jezebelic spirit. You've got to be more bold and more aggressive. You too have been led around by people long enough. The idea of leadership is that you two need to lead and they need to follow. You don't need their money. You don't need their criticism. You don't need their know-it-alls. God says you've been pastoring a bunch of know-it-alls. They think they know more than you and you. God says they're wrong. The Lord says, I want you to take a new direction. I want you to say goodbye to the old crowd and say, have a nice time. We've wasted 10 years with you. We're doing something new and different. The Lord would say, the Lord would say, I'm making all things new. I'm breaking off of you. Those prayers, they've not been praying for you. They've been praying on you, P-R-E-Y. I'm breaking curses off of you. I'm breaking all of that stuff off of you that they have put on you. And this is a fresh start. The Lord would say, I'm the liberator. And I liberate you and you to now run a new race in a new direction with a new group of people. And God would say, your gathering anointing suffered uh, immensely. Uh, but the Lord says there, I'm restoring it. But God would say, radical, radical, radical change. Change must occur in order for you too to see the success that I want you to walk in. And so God says, get back to the basics. Pray and on a daily basis say, God, reveal yourself. Let us know what you want us to do and we will do it. And the Lord says, my son, primarily you have a teaching gift. 
And the Lord would say, I want you to uh, sit down with Pastor Eric and say, if there's ever an opportunity when you want me to teach uh, the people of God in this place, I'll be more than willing to come and to share my gift. Good. And the Lord says, woman of God, number one, discerning of spirits. You've been discerning spirits for the last 20 years. People don't like it. Even you don't like it. But God says, I'm not interested in what you think. I'm interested in what I want to do through you. And so the Lord would say, stir up that gift of discerning of spirits. Uh, Also, my daughter, you're a walking miracle. If I had not intervened in your life years ago, you would not be here today. But what I've saved you from cannot compare to what I've saved you for So I'm activating you to be an exhorter to the church. I don't want you to just sit back there and let him do all the preaching and teaching. I want you to exhort, exhort, exhort the people of God. I'm lighting a fire under you. I said, I'm lighting a fire under you. And now you're going to have to revise about 30% of your doctrine, 30% of your theology in order to walk in the things that I have for you. But here comes the Holy Spirit. I'm lighting a fire under both of you. And in both of you, now you two will burn hot, burn bright, uh, burn white hot with a new v- uh, 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 zeal and a fervor uh, uh, for the things of God. Uh, the Lord would say, the Lord would say, I'm lighting, 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 a brand new fire reviving both of you. You've also suffered financially because the people of God have been stingy. You've been pastoring a bunch of stingy people. And God would say, they need to get with the program. And the Lord would say, please forgive my ignorant bride that did you too so much harm. But this day I honor you and you. This day I bestow honor upon you. The honor that was never given. The honor that was never given. I bestow my honor upon you. And I'm going to make up for years of financial sacrifice, says the Lord. Now my son and daughter, I brought you together as a husband and wife, to do something very dynamic in the kingdom. And you've been taking baby steps, and you've been following manuals and guides and books and plans that everybody else has used over the years, and they've not worked. I don't want you to read another book. I don't want you to go by another plan of man. I'm going to rock your worlds. I'm going to come to you in dreams and visions. I'm going to speak to you during the day. Honey, sweetheart, you won't believe what God said. I I know what I'm doing and I've got a voice and I'm turning up the volume and you've always been open, always been receptive, but I'm not going to build man's way. I'm not going to build man's way. I'm going to speak to both of you and you're going to say, excuse me, but God would say, do exactly what I tell you to do and you will have newfound success, says the Lord. Amen. Go get them. God bless you. God bless you. Go get them. Go get them. Eat them up. Eat them up and spit them out. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen to me, pastors. Listen to me, ministers. Listen to me, believers. God has not called you to be a nice guy or a nice gal. Are you hearing me? That's not what ministry means. God had to tell him to get more confrontational. Come on, now you got to get this. You think being a pastor means, well, he's just supposed to be a nice guy. No, he is supposed to be equipping you for your work of service. That precious couple I just prayed for. Stop being a nice guy. Stop being a nice gal. Amen. What if people get offended? What if people get offended? You mean when people get offended? Amen. 
The Bible says this, Woe when all men speak well of you. Amen. Another verse, Jesus said, The only group of prophets that everyone always spoke well about were the false ones. Did you know that? In other words, if you're following God's plan for your life, you're going to draw fire. You understand? You're not even going to try to do it. You don't want to do it. You're going to draw fire. Amen. I drove through town to get here, and I mean this in respect, but I drove by church after church that will not see as much supernatural activity in their entire Christian lives as you will observe in this one service. Do you understand that? We're experiencing the Holy Spirit. We're experiencing the power of God. We're experiencing the supernatural. When I drove by church, they got lots of money. They're fixing up their buildings and paving their driveways and all this stuff. But they will never come in contact with the supernatural like we are this morning. But there is a risk. There is a risk in doing this. Not everybody is going to think you're okay. So we've got to choose between revival and respectability. I made that decision in 1971 when I got saved. So that's what I'm prophesying to this church. Make a choice. Revival or respectability, because the two do not go hand in hand. Okay? Good, good, good. All right, here we go. Are you guys a, a husband and wife right here? Sure, you have your hands like this. Are you a husband? Are you a wife? Stand up real, real quick, if you would, please. Are you married to one another? Good. What's your first name? Greg. Hey, Greg, and Julia. Now, you laugh at that, but I have to ask that if you know what I mean. Amen. I've got some strange replies, and sometimes I've had to sit them back down. Listen to me. You bring fornication into the house of God, into a prophet's meeting. Really? Do you think you need a prophecy? Come on. So I just want to make sure. Okay. Uh, number one, you guys love God. Number two, your home is in order. Your home is in order. Uh, 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 neat as a pin. Uh, just everything has to be done by lists. Both of you are real anal, real right-brained. You just have to have everything done. That's the way God made you. Decently and in order. Decently and in order. If you had a public ministry, your ministry would be decently and in order. Uh, but what the Lord shows me is that your home is under an attack. Uh, there are spirits that are gathering that are trying to disrupt the order of God in your home. It's not so much during the day, but at night stuff happens. And so the Lord would say, my son and daughter, I'm speaking uh, into the atmosphere of your home. Uh, I'm driving back the powers of hell and darkness, disruption, chaos, and confusion, for I am not the author of any of those things. And the Lord said, I'm going to restore, restore, restore the power and the presence of God in your home. Every room now will be filled with the new sense of God's power and presence. And I hear praise and worship being played on a CD, but I hear it going through the home. And the Lord would say, turn the volume up and begin to let uh, the walls and the floors and the ceilings uh, hear uh, the praises of God coming from these worship uh, CDs. What's that? You just started doing that last week. Good. Feel free to interrupt me as long as it makes me look good. That was good. 
That was good. And so uh, I want to tell you, I don't know what you do, but I see the word career change over your head, young man. And so I see a career change coming. It's been long overdue. Uh, You've been uh, very frustrated waiting for something to happen. But God says, soon, 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 get ready for a career change. I also see the two of you volunteering in the church that you attend to become a faithful deacon and deaconess-like person. That doesn't mean you can't do other things, but the Lord shows me both of you signing up and saying, here, I'll volunteer for this, I'll volunteer for that. In other words, the Lord says to both of you, plug in, plug in, plug in to the life of the church. In fact, for the last six months, you guys have been going through a lot of upheaval, a lot of chaos, uh, even some family issues. Uh, But the Lord says, I'm going to sweep them all aside. Between now and Christmas, you're going to begin to enjoy peace and calm. You both said, we're looking for normal. We're just looking for normal. And God said, I'm going to return a normal spiritual lifestyle to both of you, says the Lord. Do you have any children? Uh, How many? Real quick. Stand up, kids. Real, real quick. All of you, stand up. Okay, there's just two right here. Okay, uh, sweetheart, what's your first name? Mariah, Mariah, God's going to give you a singing voice. You're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. Your right hand is going to write a number of songs that are going to bring the glory to God. So get ready for a beautiful singing voice. Get ready for a, uh, a songwriting gift. And I see your hands on a keyboard. And so if you're not taking lessons, start. If you are, don't quit. Uh, but I see you anointed on the keyboard all for the glory of a God. And how old are you, sweetheart? 16? Okay, stay away from boys. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may stand up. What is your first name? Hey, Caleb, you're all right. Caleb, first of all, academically, your grades are going to go to the next level. They've been hovering around that B area, and I see them going up around that A area. So get ready for an improvement and an increase academically. You're having a little problem in staying uh, on focus, a little bit of concentration issues, a little bit of that attention kind of deficit at times. And so I'm going to correct that now there. Now you'll be very, very focused. Even your parents will say, man, he's reading more than ever. The Lord has a number of books he wants you to read. And so God is going to supply those books to you. And I just see you opening his books and really beginning to read a number of books that God is going to bring your way. Isn't that awesome? I also see a high level of... um, a mechanical aptitude on the inside of you. Uh, your parents can help you to understand that, but you know I can't saw a board or pound a nail, but I see mechanical aptitude, the ability to really work with your hands, diagnose problems, and fix them. So that's also in your future. God has given you a high mechanical aptitude in some particular area. Now, uh, I also am going to tell you what I see. Uh, how old are you now? 12, okay. Well, this is going to happen in about the next year or so, but the Lord is going to light a fire on the inside of you to talk to your age group about Jesus. You're going to be very evangelistic. You're going to want to tell young people, here's how you meet the Lord. Here's how you invite him into your life. Here's how you open your heart. And I just see you talking to your age group like an evangelistic man. Do you get what I'm saying? And God is going to use you to open the hearts of many people in your generation. And I see conversions coming as a result of your ministry. Isn't that awesome? Okay, now, how old are you, 12? Who punched you in the eye and gave you the black eye? Was it your girlfriend? Tell me the truth. Come on. 
Oh, you don't know how it happened. I used to say that a lot when my parents asked me how I got blue eyes. Anyway, uh, don't sit down. Stand up. Uh, I want to tell you what I see. Uh, I just see, uh, and I could get into more detail, but it's not necessary. I just see uh, his physical health uh, rebounding. I see a healthier young man. I see some organs and systems uh, that have not been exactly working perfectly there. Now everything's been broken off, and now your organs and systems will begin to work. And I just see generally a much higher level of physical health for this young man. It has nothing to do with the black eye, but I do see uh, God doing some physical things in this young man's body. You all may be seated. God bless you so much. Amen. Okay, young man, can I pray for you real quick? Can I pray for you, young man? Come on here. I believe it's you that I saw during the worship. Yes, it was you. Amen. What's your first name? Mason. Hey, Mason. Uh, Mason, the Lord spoke to me during worship, and he said to me that the majority of your spiritual problems are generational in nature. You're very restricted. You're very confined. You, you try to break free and break loose, and you try to serve God, but you feel like there's something just restricting you, sometimes even binding you. And most of your spiritual problems aren't your fault. It's a generational stuff uh, thing. You're struggling with generational stuff, stuff that's been passed down from generation to generation, and it's all over you. And so what's going to happen is I'm going to break that stuff off of you, and then you're going to be able to experience new freedom and new liberty and a new sense of release in your worship and service to God. So again, you've done nothing wrong. Your family didn't do anything wrong. But I just saw restrictions, and I saw you confined and restrained, and your spirit wasn't free. And so all of this stuff is the result of some generational things that you've been uh, struggling with and warring with. So the first thing I do is break everything off of you that's generational. And I declare that whom the sun sets free uh, is free indeed. And now you'll begin to experience a tremendous freedom and liberty in your desire to serve God. You're going to notice a lot of the things that you've struggled with just kind of fell off you because they were generational in nature, and I got rid of them all. Isn't that cool? God bless you. Amen. You may be seated. Sweetheart, would you please stand up right there if you would, please? Come on here real quick if you don't mind. What's your first name? Hey, Alexis, and how old are you, sweetie pie? 17. 17, stay away from boys. Amen. <laughs> how old are you? 15. 15, stay away from girls. Is that your girlfriend? No. Okay, good. <laughs> I was going to say, except to the pretty redhead to your right. You, get, you know I'm joking, right, when I say, except I really wasn't joking in some cases. I want you to stay away from boys. Amen. <laughs> That's my job, to keep the pretty girls away from the boys. So, uh, 17? Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I see. Uh, God's called you, you know that. Uh, you pray every day, Lord, I know you've called me to ministry, and I don't know what 17-year-old girls are supposed to do about this, but there's a call in my life, and, and, and I'm going to go to that prophetic meeting, and, and maybe he'll give me the details about my call, and so that's what this is about, okay? Um, first of all, God's been showing you nations, and you're thinking, man, I'm in Newcastle, Indiana, or wherever you live. I don't know how this is going to happen. This isn't exactly the center of the universe, God, but the Lord told me to tell you, he has called you. There's a ministry call upon you life. He is going to send you to the nations of the world. That doesn't mean a hundred or fifty, but it means more than one. So God's called you to the nations of the world. And I do see a passport and a suitcase and a plane. And I do see you doing some missionary work for the Lord. Where, I don't know. When, I don't know. But I do know God's called you to do some traveling, some missionary work for Him. 
Uh, I also see musical notes all over you. And so there's a dimension of music that's going to be a part of your ministry. So work on that and develop that. Um, I'm also supposed to tell you that God has been visiting you at night in your bedroom. Um, right before you go to bed, you've been praying a prayer. And you've been asking the Lord to give you the de desires of your heart. And the Lord told me to tell you, you're right on track. Uh, you're about six months away from a number of things happening uh, that you've asked God to do for a long time. Uh, but right before you go to bed, uh, you've been praying a prayer. And you've been saying, Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. And you've been yielding. You're just like, you're just yielding yourself to God. And the Lord would say, I've heard your prayer. I am going to use you. Rest, relax. Do what you know to do because you have a fear that God has forgotten you. And you have a fear that you're going to be left out of the plan of God. And none of those things are true. And you can't cry because when little girls cry, Pop Pop Kramer starts to cry too. So there's no crying in my meetings. One thing I don't do well with is when little girls cry. So, uh, But God says, you're not forgotten and you're not going to be left out. You're going to be a vital part of what I am doing on the earth, says the Lord. Now, again, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke, so I'm doing it again. I impart the anointing of God upon you that you might be a yoke-destroying woman in your generation, in Jesus' name. Amen. Go get them. Sweetheart, can I pray for you with a pretty blonde hair? Stand up right where you are, sweetheart, because I can't get to you. Oh, what's your first name? Shelby. Shelby? Hey, Shelby. Uh, how old are you, sweetheart? 17. 17. Great. And where do you go to church? Cool. Memorial Wesleyan. Did I pass that church on the way here? Yeah. Did I go down to the main drag? I saw a Wesleyan church on, yeah, I saw that church. Cool. So you came to be with us today. Cool. Did you come with him? Good. Who is he to you? All right. We're, we're so glad that you're here, sweetheart. And this is probably all very new to you. Am I right? Okay. And no, I mean, really. I mean, I understand that. And I hope that you're okay with it. Are you okay with it? Yeah. Okay. So it's all probably pretty new, and I'm glad you're okay with it. But I need to share with you just some of the impressions the Lord has given me for you. Isn't that awesome? Now, you're how old? 17. 17. Uh, to me, you're absolutely cute as a button, beautiful smile. you got a real glow and a countenance about you. But you struggle with depression. It's a depression that comes on you periodically, and at times you don't know how to break it off of you. And so you're not going to have these highs and these lows anymore that you deal with emotionally. You've done nothing wrong. It's not the result of sin or disobedience. It's a depression. It's a spirit of heaviness. And so I'm going to count to three. I'm going to gesture like this, and I'm going to snap the neck of the spirit of heaviness that comes on you, and you're not going to have those low lows anymore. That'd be okay? So in the name of Jesus, I snap the neck of the spirit of heaviness that has attached itself to you, and you're not going to have those deep dives, those falls emotionally where you feel like, oh, man, what's going on? Do you know what I'm talking about? So you're so pretty and so cheery and so smiley. Nobody knows this about you. But I was supposed to tell you what Jesus knows about you. And that's going to let you have a little confidence in the prophetic because I've just shared a secret that nobody else knows about. But you're never again going to have that heaviness 
and that, that, that depression that used to come upon your spirit. Ever since you're around 9 or 10 years of age, that's no longer going to come on you. Isn't that awesome? So just thank the Lord every day that you've been set free. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Young man, you got a black shirt on, big strong guy with glasses and short hair. Stand up if you would, please. What's your first name? Nathan. What is it? Nathan. Hey, Nathan. Uh, Nathan, I'm supposed to tell you uh, that you've been a little discouraged uh, about the call of God on your life because through no fault of your own, circumstances have not lined up as you thought they would. You thought by now you'd be in ministry. You thought by now you'd be preaching, praying, prophesying, shouting, dancing, clapping. You have a leadership gift. You have a gathering anointing. Uh, you wanted uh, to do great things for the kingdom, but none of that has happened. So for the last two, two and a half years, you've been sort of in a state of sort of semi-discouragement, like, man, but God told me to tell you, you're not wrong. There's a call of God upon your life. He's going to use you mightily. It wasn't time then for you to be used. So he had to take you through a number of testings and trials and tribulations. He had to take you through the wilderness, had to take you through the desert, had to take you through the test of misunderstanding. He had to let people say some of the worst things about you that weren't true at all to see how you were going to respond to persecution. But the Lord told me to tell you the call of God is still intact. He is still going to use you when it's time. You have a, a true call of God, a gathering anointing, and you're going to do great things for the kingdom, including leading the way and pioneering things that other uh, men would have shied away from. I'm also supposed to tell you uh, that the Holy Spirit is about to visit you uh, in a way that you never thought would happen. You have oftentimes said, Lord, I come from a background where there's so much wrong with me. There's so much that just isn't what should be that, God, I don't know if you can ever use me because of all this stuff that I come from. But the Lord says, my son, I'm the great liberator, and I'm freeing you today from all that generational garbage. I'm freeing you from all the strongholds of your mind. I'm breaking off of you every contrary spirit, and whom the Son sets free is really free, and you will begin to walk in a wholeness and a freedom, and just to show you how much I love you, I'm going to take care of your finances. Uh, uh, you, you, you got a, a, well, is this your better half right here? Stand up, better half, real quick. I'm going to bless this marriage and take it to new levels, and there's been an anger and a rage in you left over from your childhood from some things that happened to you. Oh, oh. And I'm going to heal you of those things, and that anger and rage will no longer rise. But this marriage is going to come into an ooh-la-la -la season where there's, going to be, where there's going to be such a strengthening and a reuniting and a singleness of purpose, uh, says the Lord. My son, she is not the source of your joy. I am the source of your joy, and my little uh, sister, uh, his precious wife, uh, I lift off of you all the stress and the pressure that has built up over the last 10 years, and I release you to do what God has called you to do because your husband, Nathan, 
your husband Nathan is now no longer going to look to you as his source of happiness. He's no longer going to expect you to solve his problems and issues. He is going to go to God, and God is going to speak to your husband and turn him inside out and turn him into another man, and he will be honorable in all his doings, and he will be a worker in the kingdom because, my son, not only have I not forgotten you, but I've only begun to use you. These next 10 to 20 years will be your years of greatest productivity in the house of God. My daughter, the Lord would say that you too have struggled with wondering who am I and where do I belong. You have not been able to properly mingle with other women. You feel inferior, insecure. You think that there's something wrong with you. That is left over from your childhood. The Lord would say, there is nothing wrong with you. I made you the way I made you. Let me repeat that. I love you just the way you are. There is nothing, nothing wrong with you. I want you both to lift your hands right now. Here comes the Holy Spirit. On the count of three, I want you to receive the Holy Spirit, both of you. Well, we did that once. Do it again. Humor me. On the count of three, one, two, three, receive the Holy Spirit, both of you. There. You're being filled. Both of you are being filled again. Being filled again. Being filled again. Being filled again. And a uh, little sister, a uh, wife, whose name is, what's your name, sweetheart? Exy. Say again. Exy. No kidding. Your name is Exy. Cool. I don't know many Exies. Uh, Exy, do you, sweetheart, have any other family members here? Yeah, only my children. Other than your children. Anybody else here from your family? Okay. Your dad and mom aren't here. Do you have any siblings? You don't have any siblings. You're only, you do, but they're not here. Okay. Uh, I'm asking that for a reason. When I look at you, there's all kinds of family pressure on you, not from husband and children, but from your family, your extended family, like your lineage, your background. There's all kinds of stuff that you've been carrying for a long time. And the Lord is going to help you to sort through that and to cast that upon Him. It's just building up into a worry habit. And God doesn't want you to really let those things get to you anymore. And I also see you sitting down in like in a dining room with your dining room table and I see a big window there and I see you opening up your Bible and I see the Holy Spirit coming down on Psalms 11 and I have no idea what that is. So do that. Get in your dining room and uh, turn on the light and uh, begin to look at Psalms 11 because God's going to speak to you out of that. And so I want to say to both of you, you both have a mercy gift. You both have an encouragement gift. Both of you are naturally encouraging. And both of you uh, are very creative. You both have a creative dimension on the inside of you that needs to be released to the church. But uh, over the last number of years, there's been tremendous stress, pressure, chaos, upheaval, a huge storm. Your lives have been just a combined massive storm, like the movie The Perfect Storm. And the Lord would say, I did it in the scriptures, and I'm going to do it for you two kids because I love you. I'm going to speak to your storm. 
the disciples went, wow, even the weather, even the elements obeyed him. Well, if he can calm a physical storm, a tempest on the water, he can calm the storm that has risen up in your lives. So I speak peace. I say peace to you, man of God, and to you, woman of God, Peace to your lives, your marriage, your children, your home. And I prophesy you two are going to unwind. You're all wound up real, real tight. And I just see both of you right now just unwinding and relaxing for the first time in about 10 years, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Can I pray for you, young man, real quick? Why don't you stand right up? What's your first name? Gage. Hey, Gage. G-A-G-E? Yep. Cool. Your name is Gage, right? Yes. Wow. Wow. Exy. Where's Exy? Your name is Exy. Way cool. How do you spell that? Your name is E-X-I-E. Exy. Amen. That would be a first. So we got Exy and we got Gage. Amen. Cool. What's your middle name? Michael. Michael. Cool. How old are you? Fifteen. Fifteen. Well, uh, as a seer, I see stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was walking down the aisle, going to go over there to pray for some folks, mm -hmm. and I saw the word seer mm -hmm. over your head. So the Lord would say, over the next 10 to 15 years, I'm going to begin to teach you and train you in seeing gifts so that you can be raised up in the church as a seeing gift, ultimately as a seer. Now, you can fail all the courses, and you have to take them over and over and over again till you get them. So there's nothing automatic about prophecy. Just because I'm saying something doesn't mean it's just automatically going to come to pass. But this is your potential. And I do see a seeing gift for you. So I lay that upon you. I put it on your eyes. Uh, your ears, your heart. Lord, let a seeing gift come on this young man and let him see for the body of Christ, says the Lord. Amen. Uh, young man, what is your name? You're a young man. Stand right up. I like you. Hi, Dave. Uh, I just looked at you, and there was an event that took place 40 five years ago uh, that did something in your heart, something that just never, never got resolved. And uh, you're going to have to sit down with the Lord and go over it, but it was 45 years ago, and the Lord is going to heal that wound. And I don't want to say it's festered, but it never really healed. It just never really healed. And so the Lord's going to take you back in time and go back to that event, go back 45 years, find the year in the calendar, and then ask the Lord what I'm talking about, and He's going to heal you of something that took place 45 years ago. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. Slap me five. Amen. Slap me five. Amen. You may be Seated. Young man, can I pray for you real quick? Would that be okay? Stand up here if you don't mind. What's your first name? Robert Abadi. Hey, Robert. God bless you. And Robert, where do you go to church? Here. Good. And how long have you been going to church here? I've been going off and on for a number of years. My mom was here. Okay. All right. But so you you would say maybe you're a visitor? Do you come once a month? up in Muncie for a while, and then I came back down here. Okay. Okay, what I'm trying to find out from you is, on a monthly basis, let's say four Sundays a month, how many times are you in church out of four Sundays a month? I can't remember when I first started coming back here, but I've been coming the past two Sundays Good. every two Good. Every Sunday. Okay. Have you ever been prophesied over before? Yeah. Okay, who did that? 
You did. I did? <laughs> what are you laughing at? You think I remember everybody I prophesied over? You're the mom and you don't remember. Okay, what I want you to do is to close your eyes, if you don't mind, and lift your hands and get ready because I'm going to do it again. I have no memory of that. I only prophesy over about 400 million people a year. So, okay, I'm going to lay my hand on your heart, and God's going to begin to deliver you from some things that have tormented you since a child. There, I'm going to remove the fear. I'm going to remove the bondage. Also, your mind races out of control. You have no ability to control your own thoughts. There, that has come off of you. Now your mind is going to go and slow right down, and your brain is going to go from a million miles an hour to maybe 20 to 30 miles an hour. In other words, you're going to begin to think normally for the first time in your life. And there, right now, the Holy Spirit is doing just what I said because you feel a warmth going right through your body. That is a sign and a wonder that God is healing and delivering you and slowing down the processes of your mind and removing everything that has hindered you from serving God as you would desire. So I speak normal, 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 over this precious young man in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Sweetheart, real quick, stand up here real quick. What's your first name? Sadie. Hey, Sadie. Sadie, do you know that part of your hair is purple in the back? <laughs> Did you do that on purpose or was that an accident? <laughs> I know, I'm just teasing you. So your name is Sadie. And what grade are you in, sweetheart? Seventh. Seventh, okay. Are you going into seventh? Yes. You're going into eighth. You start school in like... Oh, you've already started. Wow. Okay. No kidding. All right. So you're in seventh grade. Is that right? Okay. Uh, here's what I'm supposed to tell you. There's a leadership gift in you. Okay. And you have a heart for the lost and you have a burden for your classmates. You look around and you look at them and you say, they don't know Jesus and, and she doesn't know Jesus and my good friend doesn't know Jesus and he doesn't know Jesus. And you carry this burden for your friends, your peers. And the Lord would say that I'm going to begin to open doors for you to begin to share the gospel and to begin to talk to your classmates about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. So there's a leadership call upon you. God is going to begin to open doors for you to share the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation, to your peers. So get ready for Bible studies and get ready for converts and get ready for a little mini move of God that you're going to find yourself right in the middle of. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Now, um, let me ask you a question. Um, would you say that you have, like, a best girlfriend? Do you have, like, a, a girlfriend that's, like, your best girlfriend? Mm -hmm. Okay, is she in this room? Mm -hmm. Okay, where is she? Okay, good. Stand up. Good. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I'm going to tell you what I saw. Now, you're a believer? Mm -hmm. Okay, you a believer? Totally. Uh, say again. You said totally? Yes. Okay, cool. See, that's a word that you use when you're 14. Totally. Oh, totally. Totally. So, uh, best friend, uh, I want you two kids to sit down together. I want you to start praying. I want you to start strategizing. Uh, I want you to start asking the Lord how you two can be used. In the Bible, Jesus sent the disciples out not one by one, but two by two. 
So there's a real spiritual purpose for the two of you being friends. It's way more than talking about boys and going on the internet or having part. It's about the kingdom. Now listen, it's about the kingdom, girls, so I mean business. So you two girls get together and start praying and say, God, use us to reach our generation with the gospel. Would that be okay? Would that be okay? You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. Can I pray for you real quick? Real quick right now here. You're a big one. Right. <laughs> Turn that on. What's your first name? Jared. Hey, Jared. Uh, Jared, you want all these details from God about your ministry. And I'm supposed to tell you, you're not going to get them because you don't need them. Come on. You know, we're funny. We want all the details. Read the scriptures. God never gave people the details. He gave them the outcome. Amen. You know why he didn't give them the details? If he had given them the details, they never would have signed up in the first place. That's the truth. But here's what I'm supposed to say over you. This is all that I'm supposed to say, not trying to be cute, not trying to you know, mess with your head, but I'm supposed to give you a prophetic word. Are you ready? It's going to be good. Ministry, 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 ministry. You may be seated. Amen. God bless you. Mm, sweetheart, can I pray for you real quick? Real, real quick. Stand up here. If you would, please. That's okay. It'll be good. That's okay. I know you're a little embarrassed, a little self-conscious. That's okay. Uh, how old are you, sweetheart? 13. 13. Okay. When you're 13, you get to be self-conscious. Don't let it bother you. <laughs> What's your first name, honey? Rihanna. Rihanna? Rihanna. Rihanna. Okay. With R-I? R-I? R-Y. Rihanna. Okay. That's your, who are you, with family here? Yes. Okay, good. Ever been prophesied over? No. Are you okay with this? Okay, good. She goes, sure, why not? Uh, you're supposed to say totally. Uh, here's what I want to tell you, sweetheart. The Spirit of God is in you, and the Spirit of God is going to begin to speak to you and is going to begin to tell you what Jesus wants you to do with your life because that's what you've been praying. What, what do I do? What do? I'm 13. What do I do with my life? Nobody at 13 knows what to do with their life. It comes with being 13. But the Lord is going to speak to you and give you clear direction for your life. But what I'm supposed to tell you when I walked by, what I saw was I saw the Lord speaking to you for other people. You're going to start to know things for other people. You're going to begin to say, I know what the Lord wants you to hear. And you're going to start telling other people what the Lord is telling you for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So get ready to be a voice for the Lord. Get ready to be one that hears from God, and you'll be able to speak to others what God is saying. Do you understand that? I tried to make it real, real simple, because I know you'll get it, okay? God bless you. You may be seated. Okay. Almost done. Almost done. Almost done. Almost done. Amen. Young man, why don't you stand right up here, if you would, please. I like you. God bless you. What's your first name? Tom. Hey, Tom. Everybody loves money prophecies. So you could be real popular in the prophetic if you just went from church to church and had money prophecies. But you're going to get one. There's a lump. There's a sum. There's a chunk of money that's been withheld from you. Are you the better half? There's been a chunk of money that has been withheld from you guys. And so I break that thing that has withheld it. And whatever combination of things that have to happen, I prophesy they will happen, that that chunk, that sum, that lump of money will land right 
in your family, right on your home. And so get ready for a financial breakthrough. Something uh, should have happened long ago that didn't. So God's going to help you to put all the pieces together and a financial blessing is coming upon you. I announce it. I proclaim it. I declare it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Real quick, can I pray for you, sweetheart? Almost done. Real, real quick. I got to be done real quick or else uh, Eric will confront me because I told him to be more confrontational. <laughs> and... Um, uh, Oh, were you the lady up front that was dancing like crazy during the worship? Who was the lady that was dancing? At? You're a dancing machine. How'd you do that? I got tired watching you. <laughs> but that was good. Okay. I just saw the long dress. And you have a long dress on. Okay. Uh, you got your smart uh, phone on? Good, good, good. What's your first name? Kate. Hey, Kate. Uh, Kate, the next six months will be the most pivotal six months of your life. Old things are going to pass away. All things are going to become new. I see the wind of God blowing upon your life, getting rid of all the heartache, the sorrow, the misery, the loss. Oh, and it's all. See that? You broke my rule. You can't cry in my meetings. But the Lord is breaking all of that. I make all things new. The Lord would say, uh, the days of your mourning uh, are over. Uh, says the Lord. Amen. That was a good one. You may be seated. Amen. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, real quick, can I pray for you, sweetheart? Real, real quick. Almost done. Almost done. And your first name? Tammy. Hey, Tammy. And uh, where do you go? What are you looking around for? <laughs> Pay attention up here. This is it. And uh, what church do you go to, sweetheart? Good. A visitor or a regular attender? No, regular attender? Month and a half ago. Good for you. Good, good, good. What's your background? Where'd you come from? Um, I'm from Texas. Good. Uh, spiritually, what kind of church background? Uh, Pentecostal. Pentecostal. Cool. Like UPC? Uh, uh, United Pentecostal or what kind of Pentecostal? Just, it was a Pentecostal. That's what I grew up in. Yeah. Cool. You like it here? Yeah. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now i got to remember why I stood you up. Ah, yes. Uh, there are three gifts of the Spirit that are in you that nobody ever wanted you to operate in because they said women can't do that. You were the victim of sexism. Yeah, you were. You were even abused. And you said, I'll never be able to fulfill the will of God in my life. You came to this church licking your wounds and wanting to be accepted for a woman of God. And I'm supposed to tell you, I made you a woman. I didn't make you a man. I made you a woman. And the Lord would say there are three gifts of the Spirit that have been rolling over in you for many, many decades. And the Lord says, I'm releasing the gift of prophecy. I'm releasing the word of knowledge. And I'm releasing the discerning of spirits, says the Lord. Amen. Go get them. Okay, let's all stand this morning, real, real quick. Let's stand this morning. I want you to know uh, that we're going to be doing some uh, personal, private, uh, prophetic ministry. Uh, so we're not, uh, I'm, I'm through at this portion of the meeting, but we have some other uh, uh, prophetic meetings uh, to do, some prophetic ministry to do is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but if you heard from God this morning, uh, get a tape of it. Uh, make sure you write it all out because you're not going to remember everything that I said. And then get two colored dry ink markers, highlighters, one pink and one blue. Highlight in one color the parts that God said He would do, and let Him do those parts. Then take the other color highlighter, the green or the blue or whatever, and that's the part you do, and I want you to begin 
to do that part. So prophecy is just in two parts, God's part and your part. So you've got to separate the two so you don't cross over. Don't do God's part, but begin to do your part. Hebrews says that the word of God did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So you can hear a word, it can go right over your head, you can hear a word, it can go in one ear and out the other, so you have to mix these words with faith in you that hear them. And my last comment, prophecy is not about what God's going to let you avoid. It's normally for the purpose of helping you to navigate through stuff. So these things will be resisted. There'll be battles to be fought, victories to be won. Mix the word with faith. Write it all down and do what Paul told Timothy to do, which is to war with your prophetic words. Amen? Amen. Pastor Eric. Amen. Thank you, Denny, very much. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for this day. I thank you, God, for the words that have been spoken over many. And Father, I thank you for the words that were spoken to some that actually we all get to receive in the name of Jesus. Father, I just pray in the name of the Lord that you would just compel us forward as the body of Christ, the army that you've called us to be, the army that you've called us to be. Father, I thank you that every person here is called by you. And Father, we just surrender our hearts to you. I'm just sensing even in, in, in my spirit right now, there's several of you that have already received prophetic words and the Lord's wanting to activate, reactivate those words. And there's some obedience that he's asking you to walk in. And I just sense from the Lord that you're supposed to go back to some of those prophetic words, those things that have been spoken over you in the past. Some of those words you've let just lay idle and the Lord's saying, no, bring them back up. I want to blow a fresh wind of my spirit over it again. I just sense some of the old tapes. I just, I just saw an old tape, somebody going back to an old tape. Man, remember those cassette tapes? We're dating ourselves now, right? And I've seen somebody replaying the old cassette tape of an old prophetic word. And I just see the, the Spirit of God saying, go back to it. Replay it. Let it, let, it, let, it, let it just resonate in you again. And I just sense the Lord going to speak a new thing and a new thing in your life. And he wants to move you forward in doing the work that he's called us all to do. Will you do that? I even see some of my old white tapes in my desk drawer. Lord, we thank you. You're all called. Every one of you in this room, you're all called. God has a purpose for your life. The very first song we sang today was about that call and that destiny and how we're all called to bring glory to God, not ourselves but glory to God so I pray today Father that you would begin to open our eyes to see the thing that we're called to and that God we would be people 
who follow hard after you. So, Lord, we love you and we praise you. What we're going to do is we're going to have the altar team come up here to the altar. And if you're here today and you're just needing ministry too, you're needing just a touch or somebody to pray with you, the team's going to be up here to pray with you. What's good about our altar team is many of them prophesy and declare the word of the Lord and have a word of knowledge and word of wisdom. And maybe you came today and were desperate for a word. I just encourage you to come up and get prayer and just ask the Lord, God, speak to my heart. And the team will be more than willing just to minister to you and encourage you and build you up in your faith. So, Father, we seal this time. We thank you, God. And we just ask, God, that you would bless your people today as we draw closer to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you guys. If you need ministry, please, the altar team would love to minister to you.